0: Welcome to the family with
1: Packmaster, Dwayne Basham, MD, Smashem, Basham Josh, guest Scott Walter,
0: Andy Bernard,
2: and Cassie Schrader,
0: and we'll be right back. Jeff Abraham will join us right after this with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over twenty-five hundred new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would... We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Jeff Abraham. The book, The Show Won't Go On, The Most Shocking, Bizarre, and Historic Deaths of Performers on Stage. Well, this can't be good. Hey, Scott, you ever died on stage? Thank you very much. Uh,
1: uh, I'm dead. I can't talk. (laughs) I
0: I can't talk. I'm dead. Jeff, how are you?
4: I'm doing great today, publication date, so I'm doing great.
0: Man, there's nothing wrong with publication, man. Getting that book out there is a good idea. How did you get inspired to, to write a book about people who have died on stage?
4: It happened just a little over 15 years ago. I went to see an Elvis tribute show. Oh. A man named Al Devorin, who did not co- originate the phrase, but he made it popular. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. Thank you and good night. And he was, this was Saturday night, at the end of the show, he was milling about in the lobby, tell, telling stories, and someone said, when are you going to write a book? He said, yeah, 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 I know, I have time. Monday morning, <laughs> I'm watching the news, he it was killed in a car accident this Sunday morning, and I, and I was thinking about, you know, everybody always says, oh, man, that last show, I saw someone's last show, or I could have gone to that concert, you know, and, You know, Elvis had died the day before he was supposed to go in concert. Uh, Hank Williams was coming back from a show, and I knew about Dick Shawn collapsing. I said, maybe that could be a book. And I wrote the title, The Show Won't Go On, which I I will admit is a pretty good title, but that's all I wrote. (laughs) And a gentleman named Burt Kearns, my great writing partner, Mm -hmm. said, shut up or put up. And about three years ago, we decided to put pen to paper and, and uh, made the uh, book a reality.
0: Are you talking about uh, on the live stage, on television, and movies, the whole shooting um, match?
4: Re- any- with, anywhere with an audience. With The original yeah. title actually was like the 99 most shocking. And the authors thought, the publishers thought, no pun intended, it was a little bit of an overkill. It was too much. Oh, yeah. So we, we, we had a criteria. We chopped it down. There really had to be an audience. So there are, there's, T- television is very is really not represented we decided not to do athletes and stuntmen and things uh-huh. of that nature yep. really anything really on a live stage we kind of lead up to certain things like um, uh, lee harvey oswald you know the first televised uh, death on television but it literally with an audience we do you know there is some television in there of course with the famous dick cavett episode which one Uh, J.I. Rodale, a health expert of all people. No, no, Jeff, no. (laughs) No, this is not my line. Dick Cavett said the gods of television were very good to me. So he's interviewing a guy named J.I. Rodale of Rodale Press. Mm -hmm. And he was a guest on the show, and he was doing a wonderful segment. He moved over one chair, and the next guest was – Newspaper columnist Pete Hamill, and all of a sudden they heard a—it almost sounded like a snoring sound—and they realized something was not right. They thought he was having a heart attack, and he literally did have a heart attack. It, it was kind of like the death rattling sound leaving your body. And the episode never aired. And people have come up, come up to Dick Cavett to this day and said, "The look on your face when that jump, And he goes, "Unless you were in the audience, it never aired." Well, a good friend of mine worked for Dick Cavett Productions and and said to me, if you sell this book, I will allow you to watch this episode. Oh, my God. So Bert and I are the first journalist civilians ever to see this episode. So we give a very detailed and accurate, and there's a lot of misconceptions. People had always thought that Dick had said when he heard what sounded like a store, am I boring you? But that line was never uttered on the show.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. There are a lot of, yes, I was at Woodstock. Oh, really? You're one of the 85 million who are at Woodstock? (laughs) Is that right? Absolutely. It's one of those deals, isn't it? Yeah, that's very, very quickly. I, I also do a morning show, Been on this morning show for like 35 years. And Nancy Culp, who played Jane Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies, she, of
5: course,
0: yeah. Yeah, she called in to be on the show. And we used to have a spoof interview, a guy named – because we hated all radio names. So right. since it was a spoof interview, we, we referred to him as the Chucker. The Chucker. Because it <laughs> was the phoniest name we could ever think of, right? <laughs> so the Chucker interviews Nancy Culp. She hangs up the phone. And dies.
2: <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my
0: god! That was, oh. that was a little unsettling. Yeah, she died right after she did the interview. I'm Gosh. like, oh my god! So, so Jeff, I, I understand where you're coming from here, man.
4: And uh, we have radio people in the book. Um, oh, you do. Alexander Wolcott, the great New York, sure. um, yeah. you know, dr- drama uh, writer, you know, um, was doing a radio show, and he had passed a note. I'm not feeling well. Uh-oh. and then was taken out, had a heart attack, and died. So there have been cases of um, people who have been on the air, and the, the record kept on playing over and over again. The audience at home had no idea the person they had just been listened to had, had a heart attack.
0: Our morning guy on the, the very station I worked for, KQ, KQRS Radio in Minneapolis, back many, many years before, it was K. Adam and K. Eve, get it? Adam and Eve, AM-FM. <laughs> right. But uh, the morning guy died on the air. Yeah, he, he just.
4: Wow. Oh, you have to send me those names. We are, we, we are working on a sequel. Believe it or not, since we handed in the book, we've had about a, a dozen people uh, oh, yeah, die, inclu- including someone over this weekend, uh, a performance artist in Spain. You know, they caught on fire oh, with pyrotechnics. Yeah. Yeah. Hit her yes. with a fire, know,
0: firework. Oops. Right?
4: Ow! <laughs>
0: yeah. She's a very pretty young woman, That's sad. Yeah. Had a very promising career ahead of her. Do yeah. you include uh, cases like Christine
6: Chubbuck? Yeah. Oh. Who's Say Christine?
4: Guess,
6: please? Uh, well, that's, that was my question. Because she was the first person to kill
0: herself live on air. Oh, my God. And I thought some people oh, might not newsca- like to learn about that. But She's a newscaster? She was. Would she listen to the morning show?
5: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do
1: anyone in?
4: <laughs> right you know, no it's easy to make jokes about this, but the one thing we really wanted to do in this book is really make it a celebration of these performers. Good. Yeah, that's and a good thing. And because we were interviewing, you know, children or spouses of these performers who are, to this day, like Dick Shawn, you know, we talk to his son. He, you know, he still cries. You know, we
5: talked yeah. to
4: the amazing yeah. Joe, uh, the escape artist who was buried alive, and talked to his son. So, mm. it, yeah, you know, it, it's it's easy to make, you know... You know, titter and things like that. But you know, we—the book is not about ha ha. This person right. collapsed on stage. Right. It's just cataloging and celebrating these great performers. But at the same time, there are certain certain endings that are so amazing that you couldn't make this up. The, the one of my favorite entries. Is the first one in the book a woman named Jane Little, who was about four foot eleven, had the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest tenure with an orchestra. She was with the uh, Atlantis Symphony Orchestra. She c- had health problems, came back, and had a heart attack during the encore of her show, of the orchestra. That alone would have been a pretty good story. The song she was playing, there's no business like show business. Oh. you you, you can't you can't make those things up
0: no that's for sure do you think jeff part of it is the stress of performing because i don't think most people who are not performers i don't think they understand how stressful it can be to, to 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 be on stage performing
4: believe it or not the most dangerous occupation we came across was orchestra conductors and really? I think the life they live on the road, the bad food, the hotels, oh, yeah. the rigorous two hours of waving a baton, uh, has caused more heart attacks than you would believe. So that certainly doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of you know dietary and health problems because so many of the, you know, if we're not unless we're talking about Carl Walenda, you know, dropping you know 125 feet or oh, yeah. a magician being killed by a bullet. <sighs> yeah. The book is really filled with so many heart attacks. The 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 whole thing was to make to find performers and stories that were intriguing, because otherwise the book would have been read like, and he had a heart attack, and he had a heart attack. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
2: Well, Jeff, and especially
4: everyone says they know the they know the book. It's it's the opposite of a murder mystery. Everybody knows the beginning of the uh the uh the chapter.
2: Well, yeah, Jeff, did you – did I don't know if it's included in this book, but did you mention the magician of Tommy Cooper? He died on stage. and he Very just, much
4: so. Yeah, um, he just kind
2: know, of we, collapsed, and everyone started laughing. They oh, thought it was part of the act. they thought it was an Because he was kind of a comedic oh. magician, and there's you a know, YouTube the ver- video. That's the worst thing
4: about a comedian dying on stage. Everyone thinks, oh, he's doing a new bit of business. But he's Sean, he goes. So, t- yeah, Tommy Cooper, who's kind of like the – Uh, English equivalent of a gentleman we have here in America, Carl Ballantyne, a magician where all the tricks would go wrong. And for you Beatle fans, the name Tommy Cooper is name-checked and give peace a chance. So Tommy was doing a a live television appearance, and he fell backwards. And Uh, someone said, oh, it's a new bit. And then someone who knew him said, Tommy had health problems. There's no way he was going to take a fall like that on stage. So they literally had to drag him behind the curtain, and the rest of the show had to go on. And one of the other acts that went on after him was Donny Osmond. <laughs> and and Donny. there was a, a, a comedy duo, and one of those members years later died of a heart attack. And it became a, a, a badge in England for performers saying, I hope I don't go out like Tommy Cooper. Just fall backwards, believe it or not, yeah. that clip <laughs> survives on YouTube if you so dare. You can watch it. You can go to our website, theshowwon'tgoon dot com. But you will, you can find a clip of Tommy Cooper meeting his demise.
0: Well, Jeff, a lot of I don't know about a lot, but uh, but a number of, of musicians, mostly rock performers, have died on stage, haven't they?
4: Um, lecture. We, we, we've seen some electrocutions. Right. We've seen heart attacks. Curtis Mayfield um,
0: didn't die, but the th- the light tower fell on him and killed him uh, a short time later. So he didn't die on right. stage, but it, it, it fell right Yeah, on we him.
4: call he and Jackie Wilson, Curtis Mayfield and Jackie Wilson, we right. call that the long goodbye. Yeah, yes. Um, and interestingly enough, um, yesterday or today, Jackie Wilson was supposed to receive his posthumous star on the Walk of Fame. Oh. And his wife had a heart attack oh. and just died like a week ago. Oh, no.
5: <laughs> oh, oh, that's
0: sad. And that's in the tradition
4: of Louis Armstrong's second wife, who he still had a wonderful relationship, seven months after Louis Armstrong had died in Chicago. um, There was a memorial concert for him in Chicago, and she was playing the piano, and she died of a heart attack in mid-performance at a tribute concert to her late husband. God,
0: God. Louis Armstrong, his story... People probably don't know this. A lot of people don't know it anyway, that uh, President Nixon... And Louis Armstrong ran into each other, getting off airplanes, and I can't even remember what it was. I think it was in New York. I'm not sure, though. Okay. But they're getting off the airplane, and they had to go through, because uh, they were coming in from, you know, another country. They had to go through global entry or whatever it was called back then. I don't even know what it was called. Right. But Richard Nixon, president of the United States at the time, said, Louis... You're going to have to wait in that line forever. Why don't you just give me your luggage, and I'll take it through, and then you can just go through and not have to go through all that. Really? He goes, yeah, absolutely. Louis Armstrong told the story many years later. Those two suitcases had four pounds of pot. I I was going to
4: guess that punchline. Yeah, Louis um, did like to have a little reefer every now and then. A little reefer every now and then. How about that story, though?
0: Yeah, they did. Say again? I said, can you imagine giving the president of the United States four pounds of pot to carry through customs? It's unbelievable. But he thought it was very funny. I know that. But, you know, the president was a big, uh, you know, fan of Louis Armstrong, so... Oh, yeah.
7: Um, and maybe the president smoked a little geef once in a while. Maybe he had a little toque once in a
0: while. It was a possibility. The reason I was told that, that Nixon was a, uh, a fan of Louis Armstrong, and I guess... Johnny Carson used to tell the story all the time that right. Louis Armstrong did a command performance for the Queen mm-hmm. of England, and he played a couple of songs, and then all of a sudden he goes to the mic and he goes, we're going to lay this next one on the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You're going to lay it on the Queen, are you? <laughs> all right, Louis. Yeah, I he don't did know.
4: have a wild, wicked sense of humor. He, he did, yeah. To, uh, I was at the wonderful Armstrong Museum, and um, the, uh, we interviewed the archivist for the book. And he collected dirty jokes and things like that. He had a wonderful sense of humor.
0: It is amazing. Uh, we only have about a minute left. If there's one person that really hit you hard, uh, that's in, in in your book, who would would there be one person like that?
4: Um, like I mentioned, Jane Little is a, a, a yeah. wonderful one. Yeah. But I think the story of Carl Willenda, you know, who yeah. did say, "I'd rather die on the wire uh, than in bed," and back in the '60s. When it was the family, the flying Walendas, mm-hmm. they were doing the human pyramid, which seven people were, you know, mounted one on top of the other on a high wire, and the, and they fell, and two of them were killed, one was paralyzed, and they went on and kept on performing. Mm-hmm. And when we interviewed Nick, our first question was, at one point, does the family say, you know, we're we're done, we're no longer in the high wire business? But they never did. They, the sh- in their case, the show did go on and on and on. It does it to this day.
0: And Nick's sister actually fell off the wire too and almost died. She broke I don't know how many
4: bones. And Nick says he's changed. You know, he used to not want to perform with an airbag, but now he says if I'm performing with family members, I do perform with an airbag. I don't want to put anyone else's life in danger. Yeah, yeah. And he he says it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference to the audience if there's an airbag or not, it gets the same reaction. The old days, people used to go to the auto races and go, it might be the day, hey, maybe this is the, the, <laughs> the day so someone falls off the wire. But I think we've, we've become a, hopefully a little more sophisticated and we're not rooting for an untimely death.
0: I think you're right. The show won't go on, the most shocking, bizarre, and historic deaths of performers on stage. Jeff Abraham, appreciate your time today, sir. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Have a good day. We'll be back Bye-bye. with the family. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
6: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details.
1: Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
0: Yeah, baby. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Look at you. What are you in a daze over there?
2: Just listening to music. You just love
0: that song. It's all true. So we can talk about TV shows because, no, Darkness Dave have announced the start date of his TV show, right?
2: Yes. His show, The Holzer Files, will premiere on Travel Channel October 3rd. It's a Thursday night. Yes. And yeah. then October 4th, Travel Channel is doing a four-hour live ghost hunt in Salem right. yeah. with... Dave. So he's not a... going to
0: be here to help us move on October fourth. <laughs> no. <Damn it. laughs>
2: I, I'll be here though.
0: Oh, you're not going to be out there.
2: No, nope. I'll be not? at home with the kids.
0: Why are you not going?
2: Because I have to be at home with the
0: kids. How old's your oldest child?
2: In the house is seventeen. He's don't...
0: old enough to take care of well, me. Don't worry seven, about a my thing.
2: seven-year-old begged it every. He needs, <laughs> he needs his mom twenty-four yeah, well, seven. I understand
0: that completely.
2: He started second grade today. He was oh, he did. So cute. Second yes. grade. Yeah, he's just like yeah, mama. I got a few it. Years. No, I
0: thought he was seven.
2: He is seven.
0: Oh, is that how you are, old you are in second grade? I started a, school a year early. That's why I never know. It doesn't. I go why? What?
2: He started kindergarten late because of uh, oh,
0: he
5: did developmental and
2: delays, all. and plus he wasn't born until January. Yeah, now, like do my it. my do middle it. one. His birthday's the beginning of October. He started kindergarten late. Because of where his birthday fell because yeah that does happen. If he would have started kindergarten when he was five, he would have been only four the month before when school started so they made him wait a whole year. Yeah so yeah. it just depends on where your birthday falls, I guess.
0: yeah, that,
7: yeah. Uh, but you started kindergarten when you're four I was four yeah. I was four when I started kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Get him out of the house.
2: Yeah, they don't do it till five now. Why? I don't know. Everything's they preschool up yeah, until 5, and then once you hit 5 years old, depending on where your birthday falls in the year, you start kindergarten. So if you have a late birthday, sometimes they suggest you start the following year so you'd be an older kindergartner.
7: So you can pee up on kids?
2: Apparently so. <laughs>
7: oh, rather than learn how to defend yourself?
2: I guess. I, oh. don't, know.
7: I don't know. I I never knew any difference. So I, okay, so I was younger in the class. So.
2: Yeah. Well, you learn fine, so you're a doctor, you're doing good. Well, uh, don't go that far. No, don't go that far, please. Uh, Let's not go that far with it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know.
0: So it's seven in second grade, okay.
2: Seven or eight, just depending.
0: Oh, maybe eight?
2: Yeah, depending on when when you started kindergarten. I didn't
0: know that. Mm -hmm. So you you don't know six, then you would start kindergarten at six.
2: Five or six is usually oh, kindergarten, so first grade, oh, my God. seven or eight, bored. second grade. It's boring
0: at four. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guys, yeah, was like, let's pick it up. Here we go. <laughs> but I went to school. Let's See, go. The I problem I had is back in the day for a few years, it was only for like three years, though, in school, you had to wait for everyone to finish. Oh, God, it was horrible. I don't remember why that initiative was put in place or that unclear thinking, but literally – a couple of us would, here, here's your assignment. And we'd finish the assignment about an hour. And about a month later, finally, the kid in the back would wrap it up. <laughs> oh, my
5: God.
2: All I know is the first day of school, you can hear parents cheering across the country. Oh, and wine yeah. coolers opening up. Yeah, it's true. And they're in school. We can relax now.
0: It's true.
7: Yeah. That's why my mother sent. That's why our mother sent us to school at four. <laughs> yeah, go get, get, those, out. Get, those, get Get that, them open out of that here. bottle of vodka. Not your mom. Well, not my mom either. But no, nah, there's none
0: of that. There's none of that whole. Get deal. them out
7: of here.
5: That,
0: whole, that was an interesting thing. Starting school every year. Yeah. Oh, I You hated never it. know what psychopaths know. they'd be bringing in. The, 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 what do they got this year? Yeah,
7: hated school. Hated. I hated all the social aspects of school. It was all the forced socialization. I God, I hated it all. God, you, uh,
0: should I tell uh, Scott my wonderful story about being in the boys' room when we were in, like, second grade? Oh, wait. There was a, a school assembly at St. Joseph's School that used to be in, on 11th and 4th in North Minneapolis. It's where the bridge crosses over 94 now. This mm-hmm. is where the school and the church used to be. So a couple of us guys, and by the way, the guy who said this got stabbed to death in prison, so. What? Prison. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Friend yeah. of yours, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I was my classmate, absolutely. But um, so he goes, hey, man, let's go hang out. We're in the We're- So I'm, at this point, I guess I had just turned six. Maybe I was still five even. I don't know, second grade, four. have been six. So I was, was six, yeah, I would have been six. So let's go hang out. I don't want to do this. Let's go hang out in the boys' room. So he and another guy and I went and just hung out there so we didn't have to go to assembly. <laughs> I'm already causing problems, and I'm six. So Mother Superior walks in, and you have to understand that she did not know what he meant, okay, her response to what he did. She did not know what he meant. We walk in. She walks in, and she goes, what are you boys doing in here? And the guy who ended up stabbed in prison said, oh, we're just fucking around. (laughs) She goes, well, stop fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking like a wall. At back five? Around. You remember all this stuff at five? Oh, God, yeah. I remember back at three years old. I, I remember things when I was three years old. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I
1: I don't have many memories. It, it, just trauma.
0: So, Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Usually your first <clears throat> memory yeah. is trauma. Yeah, yeah. That's true.
7: Yeah. yeah I, I, remember, I remember having my tonsils out. At four and a half, or you know, right really? around, right around four week. and a half, and and I and I remember, you know, they gave, they gave you the spiel. Says, "Hey, all the ice cream, all the popsicles you want." Oh, yeah. this is like yeah. heaven. You know, it's easy sell for four yeah. and a half. So I, I remember going to the and that was a time when your parents wouldn't stay with you afterwards. And I remember going to the hospital, then taken to the operating room. And I remember breathing the ether. It was the ether really? drip, oh it was serious stuff. Really? I had the time so I, I show up in the next room and sick as a you know, puking because of the ether, just horrible that way. And they and they say, hey, was that like a popsicle? Or like some ice cream? I say, I'll take that ice cream, come on, let's go. And I remember to this day, I took that ice cream, swallowed it, couldn't swallow it because it hurt so bad. Oh God! And yeah. I was angry at that. I remember being angry <laughs> sure. at the doctor, saying, "Look, you didn't give me informed consent. You lied <laughs> to four me four years." <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I said, "Where's a, your informed consent?" <laughs> and, and at that point on, I never trusted anybody. What anybody said, I really didn't. I always had doubts about what they said, based really? on that call. Oh, oh, true.
5: That.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
7: That's, that's why in my it, practice, informed consent is just key because I am I'm not going to dupe, dupe people into stuff.
1: You know what my earliest memory is as a child? It was 1962. I was four. I remember watching on a black-and-white television the wagon with JFK's body in it. I didn't oh, know yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And I remember John John going like this, my parents being really sad. And I remember asking my mom, why is that boy doing that? Right, and why is right. everybody sad? Yep. I, I That's my first thing I can remember crystal clear.
0: Jack Handy, baby. He covered that later. You know who Jack Handy is? No. Wrote some of the funniest lines ever. So this little four-year-old boy is walking down the beach with his father, and it starts raining. And the little boy says to his father, Dad, why does it rain? He goes, oh, when it rains, it means that God is crying. He goes, why is God crying? He goes, I don't know, probably something you did.
5: <laughs> <laughs> one Thanks, Dad. the greatest Dad.
0: lines ever. Yeah, God's crying because you're so horrible as a four-year-old.
5: <laughs>
0: That's one of the greatest of all oh, time. If it? I would
7: have known that, I would have told that to Josh. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That to That's I told him Probably something you did.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Jack Handy was very, very funny. He wrote Absolutely. for Saturday Night Live for a while. Yeah, they had a did couple they?
3: segments on there. They were really they yes. funny. that's where he first,
0: yep. yeah, we, the first exposure was on Saturday Night Live.
2: I love it. Leland
0: is ready to go. All right, he sounds good to me. Oh, Leland Chapman
2: mm-hmm.
5: is
0: ready to go. Leland, how are you? Leland. She'll Leland. be there. She'll be doing better, apparently. Leland. Where are you, Leland. I'll do my movie trailer voice the whole time. Uh, oh, WGN, America's highly anticipated unscripted series. Dogs most is. wanted. Oh, we got Leland not I Leland. Think. No, Leland's oh, not there. Never mind.
5: Hmm. God. Oh, there uh-huh. you are. Leland,
0: Hello. you ready to go?
5: Hi. How are you? Sir.
0: It's going smoothly. <laughs> Leland. Uh, Dogs most wanted to premiere Wednesday, September 4th, tomorrow night. At uh, 8 o'clock Central Time, Leland Chapman, son to dog. Leland is an American bail bondsman and bounty hunter known as one of the stars of A&E Network Reality Television Program, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Obviously, Leland, uh, you know, uh, terrific sadness just a short time ago. Sorry to hear about that whole situation, right? How are you doing? Thank you. Absolutely. I'm doing all
6: right, hanging in there. Excited for... uh... For the show to premiere,
0: can't wait. I could understand that, ladies and gentlemen. A&E network reality television program, Dog the Bounty Hunter. He also starred in the uh, country music television documentary, Dog and Beth on the Hunt. So, how's the family? The family doing well now? They're okay.
6: Uh, you know, it's it's touch and go. Of course, everybody's still grieving. And, yeah. And, uh, yep. You know, with the grieving process, there's different stages. So you know, everybody's kind of dealing with it on their own, and uh, trying to stay busy and, and uh, trying to keep our minds busy.
0: Yeah, I can understand that, Leland, You got to be very, very proud. And I'll move on. I know you don't want to spend the whole time talking about this, but you know, I've been a big fan uh, for years. Um, your father handled that extremely well. I thought. I thought he showed a lot of class, and he. I mean, he acted like a real man. He adored uh, your mother, and but he adored Beth, and and. Uh, you know, it came. It was very, very clear that that was a situation, and he, he, he did a really great job. I just wanted to pass that along to you. Thank you. I, I tell him that all the time. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So, tell me about uh, Dogs Most Wanted it mm-hmm. premieres tomorrow night, eight o'clock Central Time. I want to hear all about it, Leland.
6: All right. Well, uh, you know, with this with this series here, we are going after uh, the top ten most wanted all over the country. You know, with Dog the Bounty Hunter and, of course, you know, Dog and Beth on the hunt, we were going after pretty much anybody we could, whether it was a misdemeanor to a felony. Right. But these cases here, they're a little bit more edgier, and, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more at stake as far as the, the crimes that the people have committed and uh, the reason why they're running. So, you know, these guys that we're chasing now, you know, are... Uh, fleeing the state, you know, coming from one state to another, and, yeah. we, and we track them down and, and bring them back into custody.
0: That's how it should be. How old were you when you got first involved in the whole process? You couldn't have been very old, were you?
6: Uh, I think my very first bounty I went on, I was probably right around 10, 12 years old. I used to dress up like the uh, newspaper boy, and I would go knock on the door, <laughs> and try to get the tennis dance store. I was I would step out of the way, and my dad would grab him. And then I would try to lock up. Uh, at first, you know, I kind of thought it was mean, because I was like, man, my that guy was just sitting there watching TV, <laughs> and, you know, my dad kidnaps him, throws him in the car, and takes him to jail, you know? And so, <clears throat> at first, I was like, oh, man, I felt bad. But, you know, as I got older, I, you know, and I seen the reason for it, you know, and, yeah. and why he yeah. was, uh, you know, so aggressive, and it was actually, you know, to feed us all of his kids that he had, you know, and to maintain a good life for all of us. So, uh, you know, with that aspect in mind, and as I, as I got older and I got into the business myself, I can I can uh, totally see why my dad did everything he did while I was growing up.
0: Yeah, I could understand. It's a dangerous business. There's no doubt about that. How do you know how the family got involved in bounty hunting anyway?
6: How, how did it all start? Uh, well, my dad was in in prison for, for murder back in, uh, 1976. I was nine months old. And, uh, you know, he had two kids, Mm. me and my brother with my mom. And there was a child support, uh, discrepancy when he got out of jail, you know, and, and basically the judge asked my dad to, to, go ahead and pay the child support my dad didn't have no money so the judge said hey you know i think you would be a good bounty hunter you look like a bounty hunter really so if you can bring these guys back to my court and i will pay this month's child support and my really dad, within a couple hours yep had that guy busted took him back in and uh the judge paid my mom that the, the child support for that month and then you know the he just asked my dad if he was lucky or if it was kind of you know something that he was good at and before, before long, you know, my dad was picking up guys and then going to the post office and grabbing the wanted posters off of the and the missing photos off of the wall there. And he just started tracking them down that, and, uh, you know, became a bail bondsman. After they tried to pass laws to get rid of him, you know, he became a bail bondsman and uh, got grandfathered into the business. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how it all started. So, what do you, what do you
0: mean they passed laws to try to get rid of him? What's that all about?
6: Well, they first said that you can't be a bail a bounty hunter if you are if you're not a bail bondsman in the state that he operated oh,
5: I, in I so he had to
6: become a bail bondsman then they turned around and said well you can't be a bail bondsman if you have a felony conviction <laughs> so there was already a couple yeah. of, uh, licensed bondsmen in the state at the time so after uh, after that time they didn't allow anybody else with a felon to become a, ba- a bail bondsman or bounty hunter And my dad, since he was early and established, they grandfathered him in. That's
0: great. I need to take a very quick break, Leland. You can stay with us uh, for a while longer, I hope. Yes, sir. We'll be right back with Leland Chapman. Ladies and gentlemen, Dogs Most Wanted. It's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Back more with Leland Chapman right after this and the family.
1: If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little
0: as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutrimost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months Thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program, powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me, having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program, powered by Nutrimost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress is new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Is that your running away from the law music? That
2: <laughs> breaking that the law by Judas Priest. Breaking free. the law,
0: breaking <laughs> the law. Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Leland Chapman, our special guest. WGN's America. WGN America's highly anticipated unscripted series, Dogs Most Wanted, to premiere tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central. Leland, we have Scott Wolter in studio with us. Scott, uh, can Talks well. You communicate with his dad.
1: Yeah, we follow each other on Twitter. And and Leland, um, if you have a moment next time you see your dad, tell him Scott Walter said hello and congratulations on the new show to both you guys. And um, he's been a follower of mine uh, for a number of years. Um, apparently a fan of America on Earth, and uh, sent me a couple of private messages. And and we sent a message to him when. Um, when Beth passed. And obviously that was a tough time, but it's great to see the whole family bouncing back. And uh, please tell your dad, I'm still and always will be a a big fan and um, good luck to you guys.
6: Yes, sir. I will. Thank you very
0: much. That's terrific. Scott does a pretty good job at his TV show as well. should point that out. (laughs) What night's it on again, and what channel is it on, Scott? Uh,
1: Well, you know, it's on Travel Channel. Travel Channel. eh? Tuesday nights at 10 it aired uh, this summer. Mm -hmm. The last episode aired a few weeks ago. So hopefully uh, we'll get another season and and keep bringing forth um, the truth as best we can.
0: I'll tell you what, that stuff is fascinating. It'll come back.
1: We're going to talk some more, Tom.
0: We're talking more.
1: We're going to talk more about... uh, some good, good things we're working on. And, you know, you had an author on that uh, has a book coming out. Mine's coming out next week. so
0: Your book's coming out next week.
1: Next week. So
0: books b- have you got?
1: That'll be number 10.
0: God, unbelievable.
1: Uh, I got to get a hobby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to get a hobby. Now, isn't that great to hear, though, Leland? I mean, we, we have somebody in studio who's a fan of your dad. They stay Absolutely. in touch because they're TV shows. and That's a, that's a really cool it's a, a, a hell of a way to be brought up, don't you think, Leland?
6: I do. I, I'm actually watching reruns of the show right now, and I'm yeah, I haven't seen them all, and I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm thinking, geez, I can't believe I did that, or you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's pretty amazing.
0: Now, what Leland, we've been through. How big a guy are you? Because your your father's got some size to him, doesn't he? He's a big fella.
6: Yeah, he's well, he's, we're about the same uh, height, but you know, he's definitely swole. But uh, <laughs> I, I put on. A, I love that, it, Leland. You know,
0: that works for me. Yeah,
6: I've I've put on a bunch of weight, and then uh, I was up to, I I would say probably in the last shows everybody seen me probably right around 135 to 140 pounds because that's what I fought at.
5: Oh, really. And then
6: since then, yeah, I've got all the way to 180, 185 pounds. Uh-huh. But I recently injured myself, and I've been. Uh, Let's see. I've been down for about a month and a half already, maybe oh, really? close to two months, and uh, I've lost quite a bit of weight, but the doctor says I should, you know, because I can't lift weight, can't do anything before, at the moment, you know, so once uh, once I can get back on the ground again and, and moving around, the doctor said I should put that weight back on quick.
0: That's a good thing. Yeah, you probably want to have some hefty, uh, if you're going to be hauling people away to jail, I would imagine... Having a little body weight is probably yeah. But really well, when I first
6: moved, I lived in Hawaii. You know, the men over there are, are, are big. But yeah, yeah. I moved to Alabama, and I was like, oh my goodness, these are some big boys over here too. You know. So <laughs> oh yeah. I decided to yeah start hitting the gym every day. I would go two three hours a day. Geez, pretty much every day because when I moved here, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know nobody. So all I all I had was the gym. You know, and uh, I pretty much lived in the gym. And gained a bunch of weight and it it's helped me as far as my work goes Isn't
0: that amazing Leland you go I to school a areas. lot better but. yeah well that's good I'm glad to hear that i I, I got a friend that's from the the, the mountain uh, one of the mountain ranges in Georgia nicest guy in the world just calm yeah. gentle nicest man you'd ever want to meet he is uh I think he's six eight and weighs four ten and has very little fat on his body. <laughs> This is one of the huge, this guy's the size uh, of this room. <laughs> Holy God, is I he big. I believe it. I mean, Leland, you you meet a human like that and you
6: go, what happened to you? <laughs> to God. You know, I know exactly that feeling, especially when you have to bring that person into jail. Oh! <laughs> oh You're in a, a taser and a can of mace. Yeah, a taser <laughs> and a can of mace.
0: Well, now, Leland, you, you don't carry heat, do you? You don't carry a gun, do you?
6: Uh, I do, actually, yes, oh, I do. Oh, you do? Okay. Only in the mainland. not Yeah, not in Hawaii when I hunt, but pretty no. much everywhere else I go, I do.
0: So what what kind of pistol you got?
6: The world is changing. Uh, it I is. I carry a Glock 19. Oh, that's
0: a, that's a good weapon. I like Glocks. Yep. Yeah, Glock 22, 40, 40 caliber, works for me. Oh, makes a oh, lot yeah, of noise,
6: I, though. I had the XBM 40. Yeah, oh, had you did? I the XBM 40 caliber I was carrying for for a while, but I switched back over to the Glock 19.
0: Just, I can perform a little bit better with it. Yeah, I could understand that. I mean, the, the Glock 40 is a great. It's a. It's a, a Glock 22, I should say. Excuse me, is a 40 caliber, but it is a lot, though. And one thing, if you don't want to kill someone, just fire one off into the sky. The noise alone will make them pee their pants. <laughs> Man, that gun is loud. <laughs> 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 you know, <just> <laughs> Yeah, I, that that is terrific. Do you think you'll be doing this forever, Leland? You think you think you'd be in, in the bounty hunting business for for most of your life?
6: Uh, I I honestly I was just thinking about this the other day, and you know it's hard to uh, picture me doing anything else. You right. Know, maybe if I could get a job on a fishing boat somewhere else or something that I enjoy, but other than that, I can't picture myself working at you know McDonald's or any anything like that anymore. So that'd be,
0: uh, that'd be interesting. I, Go I would
6: imagine that. I would have my hand in this business as long as it's around or as long as yeah. I'm around.
0: Yeah, that makes I don't think you can make quite as much money working at McDonald's as you do working on national television. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I
6: tell you. I tell you. But hey, <laughs> trying to get on me. national television is not as easy as they say. Oh, God, know? no. It's,
5: it's, uh, hey, Leland, definitely
6: what's. A, uh, <coughs> what,
3: what's sort of one of the big close calls that, you, uh, that you've had over the oh, past good few commission. years? Uh, especially with the, I mean, some of these big. Uh, well, just
6: recently, I was uh, up in Tennessee, and I was I was catching a skip over there from wanted out of Philadelphia. I located him in in uh, a little out of Nashville, and then I had a uh, couple other bounty hunters with me. One was an ex police officer, and uh, I I arrived to the house. It was just me and my my other guy, and uh, we try to surround the house. It was probably 11 o'clock at night. I seen all the lights on. I already had a positive ID because I had somebody watching the house for me as I was on my, on my way up. Mm. So I knew my defendant was in there. And, uh, you know, I, I was banging on the doors for probably 20 minutes. One of the, the guy that I was with thought maybe we were at the wrong house. But I told them, you know, the lady that lives here is 75 years old. We've been here for over half an hour pounding on all the windows and doors. Yeah. And I said, if we were at the wrong house, don't you think the lady would have called the police by now? So as we're kind of, uh, you know, discussing our plan, you know, the light comes on. And I am, uh, you know, they were doing some yard work. So I'm standing on a little ledge where it's a cliff on both sides. And I was on a concrete ledge and the the light came on the guy came out with a shotgun pointed right at my head. Ooh. I told my buddy if he shoots me, to make sure and shoot him back. And, uh, <laughs> That's a good idea. The guy, and, my, and, and I kind of was talking my way out of it. And, uh, you know, that was probably the closest range I've been. You know, I've had guns pulled on me before, but that one was I could stare straight down the barrel on that one. Ugh. And uh, I was a little bit nervous. You know, I was, I don't I don't know if, I don't believe i was scared i was just more nervous because i can tell the guy was drunk and right. you know he was waving the the gun all over the place and i was just more concerned on thinking what kind of bullets does he got inside of that and thinking where would the bullet go and i seen the barrel pointing at my head so i was able to uh walk my way around the bushes talking to the guy you know trying to be uh rational with him he just wanted this off his property but i kind of fooled him and told him I was just at the store down the street, and I saw the video surveillance of them two together. And then he was like, well, you got me. He kind of dropped his gun. I went into the house and uh, finally arrested the guy that was wanted out of Philadelphia. And he was wanted uh, on charges that on on, uh, Christmas, he invited his neighbor over on Christmas and said, I have a present for you when she came over there. He tried to give himself as a present, and when she denied him, he barricaded her inside of his house and cut her up with a knife and uh, had a six-hour standoff with the SWAT team before they finally arrested him and put him in custody, and then he, he split. And, uh, you know, all of his pictures, he looked like Santa Claus, but when I seen him, he had his hair dyed, face completely shaved. I him, uh, you know, thank God that you know, I was able to get him in custody and and uh, safe at the same time.
1: Did nope. the woman survive?
6: That, was, yeah. that one made me a little bit nervous. That's a good question.
1: Did the woman survive?
6: Well, excuse me, I, can't, I couldn't hear you.
1: Sorry. Did the woman survive that he was terrorizing?
6: Yes, he, she survived, but I guess he slashed her across the face, across her breast, and across the legs. Oh, and uh, man. So SWAT team got her out of there, and... Uh, you know, he, he stayed in the house for another six hours before he surrendered, and uh, she survived. Yes, sir, she did. So now,
0: Leland, were you just east of Nashville when this happened?
6: Um, I think I was a little northeast of Nash- Nashville when it happened.
0: Okay, because it's near Murfreesboro, somewhere over in that area? Uh, yeah,
6: it was a, yeah.
0: Yeah, you can find a perpetrator over there. (laughs) I will tell you that. I knew exactly where you were, pal. And how do you know
1: this, Tom?
0: (laughs) Well, it's just a thought. Oh, sure. It's just a thought. I'm like, I tell you, Murfreesboro is famous for one thing. More fatal car accidents on I-24 than anywhere else in the United States. People cannot drive worth a damn on that freeway. I don't know what the problem is. It's just unbelievable. Leland, you're the best, man. you got to come back as the show goes on. Dogs Most Wanted to premiere tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time. We will be tuning in. And, yeah, come back about mid-season. We'll we'll talk some more. It'll be great. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leland. Leland Chapman, ladies and gentlemen. What a nice kid. What a nice guy, yeah. Yeah, Nice kid. Herfreesboro, baby.
1: <laughs> I want to hear about Murfreesboro. I'll
0: tell you one very quick thing is true on I twenty four. I've talked about this before, but I don't think it's there anymore because Catherine and I just drove through there uh, in in May. But there's this massive billboard on the right, and there's a Chinese restaurant named Chef Wang. <laughs> okay, Chef Wang, and Chef Wang must have had a sense of humor because for on the on the picture on the billboard was a woman holding a pair of chopsticks. With a very limp shrimp hanging down. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah.
5: not, oh, Stop yeah. it.
0: Cassie's seen the billboard.
5: <laughs> Chef
0: Wang. It's a Chef Wang and there's this limp shrimp a limp hanging. Limp shrimp. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I'm being played, but it's a good story.
5: <laughs> no, I'm
0: telling you. Oh no, it was there. It was I I did not see it though in May. I didn't I don't know if they took it down or what happened, but
7: Maybe <laughs> they switch it over to a video billboard.
0: It is interesting, though. You go, you know, that, that, that whole thing, you go from Atlanta up to Chattanooga and then over to Nashville. It It is beautiful, first of all. Oh, yeah. The terrain is absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But you can find some hill folk. Oh, yeah. There oh, yeah. That. oh you, yeah. You can meet some hill folk up There's there. There's some hill
2: people around there.
0: Yes. Yeah. I know. I think it's wonderful. The
2: Blue Ridge Mountains. you got to mm-hmm. love it.
0: Yeah, honest to God, it's just while well, we're going back, uh the end of October, we're going to Nashville. You coming to Nashville? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not no, going. No, to I
7: got the, I got the, sec, I got the second grandkid. I'm going to take care of. you a
0: disaster as a yeah. friend. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. What <to. laughs> kind, of, kind of friend are you, Rob? will kind a friend of you. you? forget man. the grandkid. I, I,
7: I prioritize the grandchild over over this friendship. Not over Tom.
0: I'm sorry. It's too late. <laughs> you, you, you can't do it. It's me or nothing. <laughs> yeah, well,
5: what
7: a, what, a, what a that that uh, but Dog the Bounty Hunter, yeah, you know, I've watched some of those. Man, that particularly when they're in Hawaii, where they just had the pepper spray, and I don't even know if they had a taser. I mean, they yeah. they were running around with these big giant giant like yeah, a, giant uh, cans of bears. Yeah, spray. the big Costco can oh. of pepper spray. <laughs> oh man, I thought to myself, man, I can't believe that they, they do that because people are nuts. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I tell you, going to where he went, because there are nice parts of Murphy. Well, not about nice. There, <laughs> there are acceptable parts of Murfreesboro. But there's that one part, man, They, those hill folk up there, it's like, but this guy was Philadelphia, so he must yeah. have relatives or something. I don't know. What, what, do, going
1: on. what do you think the premiums are for his life insurance?
0: Uh, for Leland's?
1: Leland's and his dad.
0: And his dad's got to be huge.
1: If they even have think. it. I think. I mean, but, you're going yeah. after Can you criminal? imagine the premiums probably not.
7: Well, you're right. The problem Are not. your life insurance premiums based on your health or based on
0: your occupation? I don't know if there's probably.
1: occupation. Well, both, both have to f- figure in, I would think.
0: Yeah, because my health insurance is really not that expensive because, like, here in radio, you don't even make an effort. <laughs> so, you know, the premiums go down a little bit. The
1: biggest danger you have are these people right <laughs> <That's> here. Right. <laughs> sitting in his
0: room. Scott, great having you in. I'm glad Thank you're you for... The book coming out, the name of the book is? The
1: book is called The Cryptic Code of the Templars in America, Origins of the Hooked X, and um, I'm really excited about it. It's the best work that I've done, and... Um, Basically the premise of the book tells the real story of the founding of this country that began up in Kensington, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. The Kensington Runestone Land Claim.
0: That's phenomenal. And yeah. when are you coming on the show to do it?
1: Anytime you want.
0: I think you can come on the morning show too. I would love to talk it. about the book. That'll be good. You're too good to me here, but I'll ah, take it. I don't deserve it, but I'll take
1: it. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Thank right. you.
0: Thanks a lot for coming in, Scott. Thank you. Josh, when are you headed back?
1: Tomorrow. Tomorrow.
0: we will go back tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Things are going well. Yeah, things are going real well. I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I told you to wear a gray shirt, so you know, we got it covered. In, yeah, good. You know, hair, I much. Much. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you got Ralph over here to show stack. off. <laughs>
7: with this with with clown shirt. Show. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll talk to you
0: tomorrow with the family. <laughs>